are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution, where evolution is revolution. Brother Jay, what's up, my man? What's going on, good brother? Hey, all, all is well in the land of the living. Yes, man. sir. Yes, you know, sir. I, I'm taking a different approach, brother Jay. Different approach for, for the rest of 2020. And what's that approach, bro? Well, you know, January January got me off my off my square a little bit, and uh, shook me up a little. January bit. was long as hell. Yeah, bro. it was long <laughs> as hell. January was interesting. You I know. felt like February 1st was like 2021. That's how long January felt. That's true. And That's then true. February is like roaring like a lion. We almost in March, bro. Hey man, we we knew that was gonna happen when when it come to our month. You know, it, you know. It's, <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, I guess, you know. That's fair. But That's fair. Black history is three three sixty five. Six. On this case, six. Yeah, three sixty six. Three sixty six with the, the leap year situation we're in, man. Um, but all all is well. I'm just happy uh to have this show. Um we got a, a very, very special guest who we'll introduce in a minute. Um, we're gonna talk about some uh big boy stuff today, man. Yes, sir. Most of the time we're talking about big boy stuff, but today we're talking about uh how to uh, truly put your flag in the sand and develop as uh, mature adults, and that's that'll be the topic of the conversation that we'll have today uh, in a moment. But you know, in that in that uh, in that light, man, we got a very special show for all of our listeners today. Uh, we got a gentleman who's in the building that is, uh, man. They say uh, you only get one once in a lifetime, buddy. Once in a lifetime. That's what uh, Spanky said in Little Rascals. That's what he said. You get one once in a lifetime, buddy, once in a lifetime. And um, I've been very fortunate and blessed enough to have a few over the course of my life up until this point. And, um, man, so I'm, I'm excited to have this brother here today. He is the crown jewel of Indian River High School in Chesapeake, Virginia. He's the mayor of VCU. <laughs> if, if there was a mayor of a college campus, he would be it. Um, the mayor of Broad Street, uh, my dear friend, my brother, um, and he and I go back uh, 30 years. 30 years, man. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's just a testament to, um, you know, Black as black men, man, we 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 create and have these bonds and friendships, you know, that people don't give us enough credit for. I don't think, brother Jay. That's true. You know, like yo, we 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 grow up with people, we love people, and this gentleman here, I can honestly say I love him to death. Um, I consider him my brother, and, and um, he's gonna put us on to some game today, as it relates to home ownership, and real estate. And how to get in it, how to avoid it if you don't think you're ready. Uh, he's here to add, ask, answer all of the questions that we have um, because many of our listeners are kind of in this boat now. So, hey, y'all ask for it. Here it go. Uh, shout out to my brother and welcome to the show. Bub, the realtor, my big brother, Big Bub, Richmond Zone, Bub, the realtor. What's up, man? 
Yo, 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 what's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Welcome to the show, good Welcome sir. to the show, yeah, man. Glad to be here, glad to be here. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing, man? Man, I'm all right. You good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know me, Kev. Out here trying to chase that bag as usual. Chase the bag. Yo, when, like, I, when did, when did, trying to, you know, trying to get money and hustle, when did, when did it become a bag? Well, it's always been a bag, because yeah. you had to put the money in the bag. In the bag, yeah, but like, when did the young folks kind of just monopolize that term and call it a bag man like at what point it probably came off some damn reality show <laughs> oh, for reality you know show. just like thought and everything else yeah <laughs> yeah and we you know our culture boy we'll take something run run with it. for years yeah hey. maybe it's the 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 cost of some of the designer bags too that might have something to do. I, I can never get how they, these word associations yeah, with young probably, folks. Probably so. It probably came from some um, some broke-minded shit we be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, man, that, that's, uh, we can talk about that. That's another episode, man. But no, but for real, I don't know how it came, but, you know, it, it's, it's a catchy phrase. Don't get into, into too much of the, the new phrases and stuff. But, yeah. But getting the bag is definitely one on because uh, that I that I do rock with, you know. Um, that that's just my mentality, hustling. Um, yeah, I'm 39 years old, about to be 40. I don't got no kids. What else is there to do besides make money? That's that's, cool. that's legit. You know what I'm that, saying? Damn, like, we gotta we gotta cook. That's a. Yeah, we gotta come up with like our kind of commandments kind of thing. Man, that's gonna be on the list. <laughs> it's gonna be on the yeah, list. if you don't have no heavy responsibility, then make money. Yeah, <laughs> money. yeah. Especially like if you're a black man and like it ain't no excuse for you out not be out here trying to make money like legally anyway. You yeah, know? that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, man, you know, we we natural grinders in my opinion, and um. There's a lot of money out here to be made. That and I mean, we ain't talking about you got to go to college to get neither. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Correct, um, correct. Like it's crazy. Like clients and stuff that I come across, I'm always interested in what somebody else doing. Yeah. Right. And then I'm learning a whole ton of. Other, I'm like, damn. Well, how can I get into that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm trying to have that multiple stream of income, man. Because, like, we don't are not afforded the benefit that our parents had working for a job for 30 years. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the layoff in corporations has become the thing. When you work, when your business is around supporting um, or uh, appeasing stock owners, mm-hmm. when you ain't making a cut, when, when you ain't hit your quarterly numbers, the first thing they do is cut employees because it has an immediate impact to your bottom line. I understand. So you think about that where companies are like constantly downsizing or whatever, whatever to make sure they hitting those quarterly numbers, making sure they stay profitable. And so our generations, generations behind us are, are that like, we're not going to be working for one company 30 years and all that. Then you think about also our parents and grandparents retiring from jobs with a pension and 401k. Gotcha. I wonder do people, do do youngsters, especially millennials, do you even know what a pension is? 
Uh, I'm telling you, like most don't. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most don't. Mm-hmm. But and and so you know you stuck with like one piece of retirement from corp um, companies now where you used to have two, right? And then maybe mm-hmm. a third if you're lucky with Social Security. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're looking at what it looks like 30 years from now or 25 years from now, so when we trying to retire and stuff, what we gonna have? And you really ain't gonna have nothing except for what you built for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? Is that why? Is that why you kind of gravitated towards the real estate game? Like, what, yeah. what, what was it that made you say, "Yo, I can do this"? Well, uh, pretty much working in the financial industry for seventeen years, you know, diving deep into some of these things, and most of mine has been around the uh, mortgage industry, right? Okay. So I was a mortgage underwriter, loan officer at one point, QA analyst for loss mitigation. And all that type of stuff. And, you know, I started to understand and see that ownership amongst African Americans and minorities, you know, ain't, doesn't compare to the, the, the white folks. Understand. Understand. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, even now, I, I read an article like last, it was like this past July, and they were saying that, um, the gap between white home ownership and black home ownership is larger now than it was in like 1968. Wow! Right, and this is this is like and so you go beyond back. redlining. Beyond. So 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 you go back to yeah. you talk about redlining, right? And you know before, um, you know back then at one point, lending discrimination was legal. True. Right. And then, you know, and, and, and companies were also, once it became illegal, they were still redlining, right? And then, and, and for those that don't know what redlining is, it's basically where um, companies refuse to lend in certain areas. Like back in the day, it came from because companies would draw a map, a red line on the map, basically circling like the poor neighborhoods and black and, 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 the black areas. and brown neighborhoods yeah, and yeah. These, we won't lend in these areas well you know even when they passed the uh fair housing that and all this type of stuff it's still going on like you know um in in in, in different forms like wells fargo i guess i think it was like 2018 got hit um for lending to blacks and Latinos more riskier, higher interest rate loans, pushing and pushing that. So if they ain't just flat out discriminating against you and saying no, then they're pushing a more expensive product to you that they wouldn't sell to the the white person, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. So a lot of this is all about education and having the, you know, right people in place when you're trying to go and pursue this home ownership thing. And, and home ownership, I think, is important because that's where you can start to break uh, the curse and, and build, start thinking about generational wealth and stuff. And you're getting out here and, you know, because property is everything. You know what I'm saying? That's like when you're bringing up reparations. What's part of a reparation when they were talking about the whole thing, like the 40 acres and the mule territory, yeah. mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's land. Yeah. You know, it's land. It land. is land. Land, yeah. land is valuable, mm-hmm. you know? And the one thing is when you get it, understanding what you need to do with it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, you know, a lot of things really come down to, like, educating, like, not just buying a house, but understand how to get the house, mm-hmm. how to leverage equity in the house, how to go, you know, 
purchasing a home that has equity in it, you know, purchasing in the right area, understanding how to approach the investment. And then not only that, for those with kids, just like put embedding in this information into them early, getting them to understand the, 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 the value of money and, you know, uh, uh, and what the investment in real estate it mean for them you know what I'm and saying? you're speaking you're speaking about uh home ownership uh well beyond you know having a key to a dwelling and you walk in this door you're really talking about like a home ownership is a lifestyle or um to prepare for there's certain things you have to incorporate within oh, your lifestyle right oh yeah when you when you think about black men in america um how important is it to be a homeowner if you're a black man in America? Man, I think it's extremely important. I think we 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 need we need home ownership in in my opinion to, you know, as as a form of, you know, having something to be able to pass down. You know what I'm saying? Like we we got to you know, and there's other ways you can pass uh, wealth or, or, or assets, but, you know, having some property and, and, and something to stand on and or to keep in the family that can go on forever, like that land, you know, once you, you own that and you can keep continue to pass that down forever, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And then, and then what can be leveraged from it, you know? Think about you have a piece of property that's paid off, right? Yeah. And you could, you know, essentially utilize some equity in that to make a purchase of another property mm -hmm. to add to, you know, the family's portfolio, you do, know. Do you think, do you think that um, if, if you could kind of just go back to working with clients, you know, thinking mm -hmm. about your process of working with clients and then just your own personal um, history, like, is there one aspect that's maybe greater than an, another as far as why we don't own homes, like what, like if you we, could, if you could say, you know what, yeah, this is the number one reason that you know we don't, don't we don't own homes, or we kind of cut our legs from under us, it's because of this. Well, I just see um, being prepared, like, and I mean, it has to be a goal of yours, right? Okay. Like, Ooh. if home ownership not a goal of yours, then you know that that's you. I'm not here to say that you should. But I'm just going to say, like, it would be beneficial if that was a goal for you, you know, mm -hmm. especially, you know, how care how we, you know, grew up and stuff. We, we, we don't come from money. You know what I'm saying? We True. Don't, we don't come from money. Some people think we do, though, but some people think we do. But yeah, another well, show for another day. Well, people, <laughs> that, that's, 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 that's the problem. We, we, we so worried about other folks' pockets that we ain't even doing what fair we need to do about our, our own, right? Fair, fair. So when I meet with clients, a lot, a lot of times a client, and this just happened recently, come to me, hey, my lease is up in this summer. I want to buy a house. You been pre-approved yet? Nah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's let, let me get let's get with a loan officer. We're gonna get this credit pool. See what your income is. See where you at. And a lot of times, people haven't even looked at their credit report in years. Don't know what's on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and with all this stealing of information, social security numbers, and all that, mm -hmm. 
it ain't hard for nobody to get your social and open up accounts under your name, uh, under your social, mm -hmm. and it shows on your credit report. So you need to be mindful of what's on your credit report and how your credit is looking, but because, you know, credit is one of the most important things. Understanding what's on your credit report and making sure you are ready from a credit standpoint um, is one of the main things because you can have all the, all the money, mm -hmm. but if you ain't got the scores, they ain't trying to lend to you, or if your scores are are subpar they might lend to you but they're saying okay we you have this 580 we'll lend to you but you're gonna put 10 percent down or you know what i'm mm -hmm, saying mm -hmm. what's the ideal what? range the so it, yeah. credit score right yeah, okay. so score so right line. now yeah. most you can you can get a house roughly having the 620 now i gotta say this though because people be like oh i love that credit karma and they say my score is this. Okay, that's credit karma. When a mortgage lender pulls your um, credit report, is a tri-merge credit report, and it's going to have the scores from each bureau. What determines what your credit score is is the middle score of the three. Uh, so you got the mean, the the mean, basically. Yeah, the mean. That's on, the middle. Come on, sir. Yeah, yeah. On, I, learned, sir. I picked so up a got, little bit. No, median is the middle. Median, median is the middle. Mean, mean is, is the average. average. Yeah. yeah, got it. So you got, <laughs> got, this, it, got you got it. Experian, you got Equifax, you got TransUnion, right? And they they pull up your scores. You got a six hundred, a, a six thirty, and a six twenty. Well, the six twenty is your score. Okay, that's the score that they're gonna go off. If you're a married couple. And the first one got the 600, 620, 630, and then the other one has a 540, a 580, and a, a 590. The 580 is the score for y'all alone. Uh. They taking the middle score of the worst got person it. score. Wow. You, you know what I'm saying? So when you're going into this together, you know, you guys need to make sure. You know, this person that got the lower scores may be making all the bread, but they're also them lower scores is what they're going to use. Mm -hmm. You got to think about the bank looking at this as from a risk standpoint. Okay. It's risk to lend out, lending out money to people. You Correct. Know. So you said something when we do it together, when we do it together, this is the, assuming that it's a couple going in to try to qualify for a loan. Yeah. Now, you know, this, you're on the show. And so we're talking about serious subject, but we got to throw some fuckery in there too. Because... <laughs> I've heard and the word on the street is right. If you're in a relationship and say one person owns a home, mm -hmm. the other person doesn't own a home. Mm -hmm. The person that owns the home is saying, well, nah, you need to own a home first before you get with me. Like, do you hear any of these kinds of crazy conversations when I'm, you're working with your clients? So I, I hear it. And, and this is what I say to it. Like if y'all, that damn serious in this relationship, then you what you really need to do is sit down and have a damn game plan. You know, talk about what y'all goals and shit is. Just stop stop comparing assets or whatever. Oh, I got a home. You need to go have a home before like for fucking what though? Like, yeah. What, yeah. What, what, are, what are we talking about here? Yeah. So he gonna go get his own home and then y'all gonna have two houses and then what? So y'all never gonna live together, or is the goal is to, you know, because 
I can see it like, hey, okay, I got a home. You can live here. You don't have a home. Maybe we could use that to purchase an investment property. Got it. Versus you buying your own home, get a cash uh, uh, a cash producing investment property mm-hmm. that we can have together and start building some wealth from there. But it depends on what the conversation is uh. because, ah. like, I th- I just think that the the conversations. That the the question you brought up is like the immature shit. Yeah, you, you know what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, are you uh, are we gonna be real about this and talk about some like what type of moves are we making, or if y'all just dating, why the hell are you worried about who got a house and who don't? Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like to me, that's kind of like null and void. Like when you start to get serious, is that's when it's time to really sit down and like, let's be transparent about some shit. Where your credit at? Mm-hmm. And not to dog you, yeah. is where your credit at so that we can figure out how to get it in a better place to, to lay our foundation for what we're trying to do. Right? Gotcha. But we know those conversations don't necessarily go like that. Because everybody, everybody, everybody want to be King Kong and beat their chest, right? But, I mean, it, and so a lot of that shit be... Excuse the, excuse the language, yeah. but it be, it be bullshit because yeah. in, in my eyes, I just feel like if a man and woman are really trying to get together or whatever, then you're going to talk. Like, if y'all trying to be, get something together to, getting together to move to the next step, we like each other, we going to be dating, and then when y'all start talking about marriage, that's when you can start talking about, like, thinking about being together like that. Yeah. And then you go into your, your you know, your financial stuff. But if I'm just dating you, I'm, you're not about to know my shit no way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you ain't about to sit here and judge me on whether you're trying to be with me for real based on what I got. Because then, you know, that's, that's like materialistic shit. Like, yeah. okay, so you looking for, are you looking for the come up or are you looking for somebody that's, "Quote unquote on your level, which is some a whole a whole nother shit. Yeah, well, I mean, go like, yeah. Like, but go ahead. So let so let me say this because I, you know how we got a, and this is not to come at the women like this, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, he rolled, <laughs> rolled up, up his sleeves. So he's rolled you know, up his it, sleeves. It, it's one of the things I, I do here when you come in that question and this females like I got my own house, I got this, a man need to have this, that, and the third. And I say, well, if that's the mindset now that a man got to be making just as much money as you and all this stuff, or you can't be with him, then it should be more single black women because men has been making more money apparently mm-hmm. than women are. And we ain't, we marrying women who ain't making as much as us. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So if women are coming with that same approach, then hell, if guys took that approach, it'd be way more single women than than out here being like married and shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like get that shit out your head, man. And like if you trying to build with somebody, then make that the focus, right? Realistic you know expectations. What I'm saying? Make make yeah. make make that the focus. You know what I'm saying? Everything gonna go be like, you know. If, if you if if a nigga gotta have the same <laughs> amount of money you got or better, then. That's what you got to go find. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? That ain't necessarily going to mean you finding a great man. You yeah. just gotcha. you just, you just, just got you somebody who's making you, some paper. You found a good credit report. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you found a good credit report. Yeah. Credit, credit karma works. Well, I mean, but, so like in that, that same vein, yeah. I have two clients. Mm. Um, they're a couple. And 
we were having a conversation about relationships, finances, joint accounts, all this good stuff. And so she alluded that that's what she was looking for in a mate. And so then I asked the question, I said, great. And so out of the two of you, raise your hand if you have a trust fund. She raised her hand. Okay. Raise your hand if the household that you lived in had two parents. She raised her hand. Okay, got it. Raise your hand if um, the first car that you drove that belonged to you, you paid for yourself. He raised his hand. Mm. And so I kept asking these types of questions. I said, so in this type of mindset that you're having, you want people to be on a certain level, but everyone has different experiences, which would cause some of the things that you were arguing about that was in his credit report to be there, right? Lost his father, Mm -hmm. couldn't go to college, or had to drop out of college, so he had student loans, couldn't pay them back because he was working two and three jobs to support the family, right? And so, of course, when you're in a certain position, you do whatever you can to make sure that the main objective is that my, my, my little brothers and my sisters and my mom is good. So, yes, the brother opened up different credit cards. He had poor saving um, habits. Yeah. Right? And so he's scarred on his credit report. And so his it, it, that's where he is. And so she was arguing over certain things, and it was like, mm, do you know why these things are what they are? <clears throat> and so before we start to have those conversations about, yeah, man, got to do X, Y, and Z, I think it's a deeper conversation than that. And like, yeah. if you're just looking for a credit report, you create your one and go to sleep yeah. before it. Mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you hit the nail on the head. Like the, the backgrounds are, are different. Correct. So when we talk about home ownership, right. Another issue with black home, um, black homeowners or black folks becoming homeowners is qualifying for a loan. Mm-hmm. So, Student loans is a killer. Uh-huh. And most African Americans have to take out a shitload of student loans to get through college. While counterparts, parents are paying most of it. They're not graduating from college with as most as much debt yeah. as we are. Yeah. Correct. I think this was 2017, 2018. There are more white high school dropout homeowners then there are black college graduates that are homeowners I think the white is like 60% of the high school dropouts mm-hmm. on home they're only like 54% of black college graduates oh. wow like like how we always feel like the debt deck is is uh, stacked against us mm-hmm. I mean re- reality is shit just hard for black folks period right, right. and you know but we gotta know these things and, and know how to you know, approach it. Student loans is killing us in terms of trying to qualify for a loan. You think about it, a lot of people graduate <clears throat> and then they have monthly student loan debt over $500 a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you add on a car note to that. You know, and you out here making $70,000, but you barely can get a $140,000 loan for a house. Gotcha. Because student loan eating you up. If someone doesn't have the best credit and maybe they do have student loans and, you know, what you just articulated is the the odds are are stacked against them. How does one 
find the motivation to overcome those obstacles to become a homeowner? So one thing is um, credit can always be repaired. You just got to be disciplined. Say, like say that one more time. Credit bro. credit can always be repaired. Mm-hmm. You just got to be disciplined. It's just like if you on a, going on a diet. Now, you can go on a short-term diet to lose 15 pounds for an event, <laughs> but you don't gain that weight back. Mm-hmm. Quickly. Mm-hmm. But when you want that lifestyle change, you make that lifestyle change, right? So for a um, getting that person to the level where they can be a homeowner, is a lifestyle change. Like, you got to have a budget. You got to know where your money is going. Like, I've been there. I've been laid off from jobs, basically doing round robin on what bills I'm going to pay, credit score under four, like like round 400, Mm -hmm. a little over 400. But I've been there and just became disciplined and got myself up to... 700 and all that to where I could buy a house. It's possible. Like, you know, I've done it, so I know it's possible. Mm. And this is not like I'm out here during that time making a boatload of money neither. But if home ownership is a key, first, you know, you look at your credit. If your credit now, start working on your credit. And then the other piece is going to be the the income thing. Like, you might have to, you know, if you can, pick up another job, like a second job or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just understanding the parameters, like if you have a full-time job and a part-time job, you need to be on a part-time job for at least two years for them to be able to account, um, to count their income towards the mortgage. Wow. Gotcha. But you can do it. <clears throat> you know, it's not, nothing is impossible. It's just all on what does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? What do your goals look like? Everybody don't want to be a homeowner, and mm-hmm. that's fine. You know what I'm saying? But then when people talk about, oh, I need to invest, the only thing they come back to is real estate. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. so you you just, I mean, a lot of this stuff isn't isn't like impossible or some magic trick or something. It's just getting down and, you know, becoming disciplined, accepting, you know, uh, mistakes or hiccups you made or whatever. But I mean, it ain't the end of the world. Gotcha. It is, it's not the end of the world. And sometimes a lot of this stuff can be corrected in six to nine months mm-hmm. to, to get you to the point that you need to be. Sometimes six some to people, nine months. Some people sitting with just like old judgments or something up mm-hmm. there. Oh, get this cleared off real quick. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or your score is being um, brought down because you got credit cards and they all got high balances. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's get this down to like 30%. You ain't got to pay it all, but 30% uh, of the limit you know, if we can get it down to that, that'll help your score because they look at uh, credit card usage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, utilization, whatever for for that. Like, I mean, it's 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 taking ownership of 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 your credit, and if home ownership is a goal, it it can be possible, man. But you gotta you gotta it, it gotta be something that you want to do. Nobody. One of the one of the things you just talked about was uh, when people when we talk about investing or getting, you know, trying to figure out what to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, when this is a, a data point that, uh, I learned, uh, when I attended the national black NBA conference last year in Houston, and it was, there was a woman, she was an executive for, I believe bank of America. And she was saying that oftentimes African-Americans are over extended, um, in real, in real estate when it relates to their investing, 
of money. Um, meaning that our counterparts, they kind of diversify their investments. You know, it might be 20% in real estate, 20% in stocks, 20% in, uh, you know, they started a business. But when it comes to African-Americans, uh, because real estate is a safer bet, we tend to uh, over-index as for, and go all mm-hmm. in as far as investing. Do you see that? Taking um, place, yeah. What's what, what some people that's the only thing that they ever want to talk about. I'm investing all my money in real estate, mm-hmm. but you know, like the saying goes, never put all your eggs in one, one basket, basket yeah. right? Okay, because it's, it's also like a, a process and understanding how you should invest um, in real estate if you're going out here to obtain investment properties. You know, are they cash producing? Is the, is the tenant that you have in there? that rent covering the mortgage plus providing you you know what i'm saying yeah. some people get out here i've seen it and purchase like a rental property and oh i'm getting two hundred dollars whatever like cash flow and it's like well was that really worth it mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying some people might say yeah some people may say no but you should never i would never tell someone to put all their money in in, in something just like you know real estate like the, the savvy real estate investors I know that are even doing that, that's, that's not the only investment they have. Gotcha. Is, is one of the things that they that they love doing, but that's not where they, all their money is dumped into. I understand. You know what I'm saying? And so good credit is key. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think, in your opinion, do you think good credit is more valuable than income to be able to afford the house? Yes. Yeah. In my opinion, yes, because uh, credit helped drive those interest rates, right? Got it. Mm. You got somebody with 800 score but making a little less money, but you got somebody making a lot of money with that 580 score, mm-hmm. interest going to kill them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, well, a lot of people believe cash is king, but, man, credit credit allows you to do a whole lot of stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Credit, yep. Credit, you know, when when they look at you and you got that stellar credit, like, I mean, think about like people going to get a car. You got eight hundred score. You can damn near get like a zero percent interest rate, right? Yeah. People talk to you differently, bud. Yeah, <laughs> they talk to you differently <laughs> when your yeah. credit score, man. They, 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 they talk do. to you differently, man. Hey, I went from you. I went from Kevin Please to Mr. Holmes, <laughs> real quick. and Mr. Holmes so back listen, to Kevin Please. So when I was buying a car, right, and so. I was asking questions and I made up a credit score. It was lower than what mine was. Yeah. And they didn't really want to fool with me until I said, I'm paying cash. And then the shift, the, the tone shifted. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? Let's, let's look at financing options. Go ahead and pull my credit. And so he came back. He was like, whoa, did you know that your credit score was this? I was mm-hmm. like, I did. Yeah. I did, but I want to talk to your manager first <laughs> because if I made if I, if I purchase anything from here, I I need to understand why you why why the treatment was different. Yeah, right. And they so they they looked at me different, mm-hmm. right? No matter if I was in a suit or not, asking all these questions, saying I was going to pay cash, mm-hmm. they looked at me like, "How did you? We don't want your kind in here." Man, they talk to you differently, man. I'm no. telling you, fella. But, and then, like, but but once he pulled my credit report, yeah. I got offered some Dasani. Uh-huh. Earlier, it was like we have cups by the river. <laughs> by the river. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 whole thing, like like, I mean, and even with real estate, you could buy something cash that 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 definitely helps. But with credit, it allows you to use other people's money yep. in in terms of like investing. Other use other people's money to. 
do investing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's why, like, you know, credit is is important. Like, and I just wouldn't, you know, I would I would like to hear the argument on from someone to say why it isn't important. Okay. Understand? That's you, understand? You, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but getting you know back to the the whole home ownership thing, man. Um, the one reason I'm I like grind like this is because I just got a passion for helping my people get into buying their first home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you come, you're helping people. Some people, they like the first person in their family to ever buy a house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's just helping some, some, someone see how realistic it is to obtain. It ain't have to be no big house, but is a piece of property that you own. Your now. name's on and it. Yours. Your name's on it. Yes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then you're working to own that thing, you know, free and clear, or hopefully you walked into it with some equity, or it's in the area where the uh, the value of homes is going up, and then you could possibly leverage some equity down the road to get another property. Mm-hmm. It, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's obtainable, but people, it, it, first of all, it has to be your goal. Like, if home ownership ain't your goal, that's cool. But if it is your goal, the next thing you got to do is just go it, take some time. Let me look at, you know, get my credit pulled. Let me understand what's going on with my credit, you know? Keep my eye on my credit, you know what I'm saying? Let me put myself on a budget. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got a budget, man. I tell you, like, to get the my house, right, like, it was like a five-year process. Five years. Five years. For me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And part of the reason being it was because, you know, going through a couple of layoffs, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Having to repair credit and then like what the different levels of income changing and all that, just trying to get my feet back cemented. Mm-hmm. But then once I did, you know, I was a person every Saturday morning. My Saturday routine was I get up and while I'm eating breakfast was opening my laptop and going through my bank account. And looking at my spreadsheet of my known bills Mm -hmm. and then going through my bank account and seeing where the hell I spent miscellaneous. And then you see all these check card, uh, debit card swipes. Right. And, you know, we ain't going to say where you was at. (laughs) We ain't going to put that out there. Then that's another show. But that that ATM was drawn from the strip club. (laughs) Bro, the surcharge is like (laughs) $8.95. Yeah. You want to see Sparkle? That'll be an extra $25. Just just to get 20. Yeah, because I know I know I should have brought more. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) she got me again. (laughs) But when you look at that, because, and you see that miscellaneous, you're like, damn, man, I done spent in a month's time $400 on lunch. Yeah. Yeah. On lunch. Yeah. We ain't talk about dinner, eating out on the weekends, yeah. going to happy hour. We just talk about lunch at work yeah. for the month. A lot of people like, nah, I don't got the money. Yeah, it's, some people got the savings that they need and all that stuff to help start building towards their having money for closing costs and down payments already, you know, where they can start saving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. within their regular routine. But you got to be a person that want to go out and, like I said, it got to be your goal and then you got to get in your mind I'm going to do this. Right. And then you got to start, you know, being hard on yourself, looking at yourself like, yo, I shouldn't have did this. You know what I'm saying? This is my goal. And I'm out here spending 
frivolously and stuff like that, you know. Um, Everybody gets shots tonight. Everybody yeah. gets shots all around. Right, right. And oh, yeah, I got them Gucci boots, baby. <laughs> we styling. But, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like I, I woke up every Saturday morning and looked myself in the mirror after I did that. Like, what you going to do about it? Wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? What you going to do? What you going to change? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and everybody ain't got the... Ain't got the the uh, heart to want to work two jobs yeah. to obtain something, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I work two jobs to reach a goal to buy my to buy a house. You know what I'm saying? I do it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that, that, that's just me, though. But, you know, you got to do it for within, just like you're going to do what you... People do it all the time, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. If it's a, if a female want a certain bag and she ain't got no dude that's gonna buy it for, what's right. she gonna do? Uh-huh. She gonna add them extra hours in yeah. and do whatever so she can get that bag. It's like a temporary inconvenience for a permanent improvement. Yeah, exactly. Say that one more time, brother. <laughs> temporary y'all. inconvenience for a permanent improvement. Oh y'all dropping them today, man. I mean, when you really, really want something, and going back to what was you ninety nine, mm-hmm. spring ninety nine, fall ninety nine, ninety nine. Yep. Yep. Right. And so, like, understanding. Like you had to work for it. Anything that is easily obtained is lightly esteemed. And so like making sure that you sacrifice for what you want. And like you said, working a part time job, like if this is what you want, you make it work or you make excuses. Exactly. Fair. And and, and I think going back to the discipline thing, I I was telling my team at work, I was like, yo, it's twenty twenty. We not going out to lunch every day. Don't ask me, we not uh uh-uh. uh everybody's bringing their lunch and we pack it. He's like, How you gonna tell us what to do? No, uh uh-uh. uh. One team. Yeah, we all got stuff to do. I'm not going to the. All right, we going out today. All right, cool, bad. And then it was like, all right, cool. So we stopped buying lunch, and then it was like, yo, you want to do happy hour? I was like, ah, 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 we can't keep doing happy hour either, right? Because looking at what I was spending, lunch, and then because I commute, I'll grab some food so I can eat in the car, so mm-hmm. I'm not eating at eight and nine o'clock at night. But then that shit adds up too. I'm just yeah. like, I got to figure yeah. some shit out. Yeah. So what I started to do was like. Meal prep, bring two meals to work, eat one for lunch, warm one up in the car for the ride home, mm-hmm. and then that saves me, right? I can yeah. I can meal prep $40 for the week versus, what, $20 for one meal. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm still hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still hungry. But, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's we t- just, like I say, talking about the basis of, you know, just trying to become a homeowner, you know, it all starts from within, right? So yeah. you you talked a little bit about um, you know the various level the various expenses that s- could be stumbling blocks mm-hmm. and barriers from home ownership student loans of yeah, course yeah. you talked about buying a, and purchasing a car yeah talk talk more about car payments and cars and the kind of cars that generally may act as a roadblock so. If you don't, if you, if your goal is to buy a home within like the next two years, if you don't need a new car, stay the hell away from going to buy a car. Mm-hmm. It's easier to get a car after you get a, a, approved for a home than it is getting a home after you've been approved for a car. Meaning, really? yes, because car dealerships are going to lend, like their, their guidelines and stuff are way different than the mortgage industry, right? Mm-hmm. Mortgage industry has... The debt to income ratio pay, plays a big part in that. Right? And what's debt to income ratio? Basically, your liabilities versus your your income, and it's your gross income, uh-huh. right? But that ratio 
to try to so so that ratio might be like 43 or 45 percent some programs might go up to like 50 and i'm gonna get to this in a second but your debt to income ratio is what they look at to determine how much money that they can lend to you based off your income and your liabilities right so a lot of people want to blame banks. Oh, you shouldn't have lended me this money. Okay, maybe not, right? <laughs> but, but, but no, because the other part of that is you know your expenses. The bank is only pulling off the liabilities on the credit report. That's why that, that the income ratio is maybe like 43% or maybe up to 45 mm -hmm. or something or might be an exception to like 50%, whatever, whatever it may be. But because they're trying to take into consideration knowing that you bring home a net income yeah. and then you got other expenses, right? But you got to be true to yourself on what the expenses is. They don't know how much your daycare expense is. Mm -hmm. They don't know how much you spend on a month for groceries. They have these averages built into um, algorithms and stuff, but they don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't know how much money you're spending on gas. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is where you have to know within yourself what you can truly afford. So they say, oh, at two fifty, your mortgage payment might be eighteen hundred, but then you have to look at eighteen hundred and be like, you know, is that too much, or do I need to get something that's closer to like fourteen hundred? That's two hundred fifty thousand home, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so should do I need to get my mortgage payment down to like fourteen because I know I got all this stuff, or my kids in private school or whatever? Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but but so that's that's also another part of the self accountability. You know, you got to be true to yourself through this whole process, not only from the budget, but understanding. Yeah, debate on this paper saying this, but what are your real spending habits? Yeah. Right. Spending what, habits. what 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 are the other stuff that you spend on? Like, how often are you eating out? Right. Yeah. 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 Not you know saying that saying? you shouldn't eat. Not now, yeah, but, maybe but you not every day. But you put. But yeah. also mm -hmm. you you got to look at this so that you are putting yourself in a position to where you know that you can still have the life you want with taking on this mortgage. Mm -hmm. So go back to the. So you said it's easier to get um, a car after you get uh, approved for a loan for. I mean, I mean approved for a mortgage. Yeah, because and that's more so um, basically dealing with like parameters on what they qualify you for. Okay. You know what I'm saying? The housing industry is just more stringent than a car dealership. So if you get approved, they're like, oh, you good here? Then you're going to be well, good here. Well, because those debt-to-income ratios aren't the same. Got it. Basically. You, you know what I'm saying? A $300 car payment takes off of, like, thousands off of what you can afford. So, like, say, wow. say like, you got approved for 200000 and then you went and got a car note that's three fifty a month. Now your approval might only be like one forty, because you got a three hundred dollar debt there now. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. You know what I'm saying? Car dealerships don't necessarily look at stuff that way. We, I mean, we always advise people don't do none of this shit until you get the house. Yeah. But we got people that don't listen. <laughs> get, no, get approved for the house. And I've had this happen. Mm. As long as I've been in the game, I had this happen before. Got approved for the house. Motherfuckers go out here. <laughs> Value city to open up furniture, count stuff. Uh -huh. Furnish the whole goddamn you gotta, room. You got to have furniture without in the, the house. house. Without yeah. the house. But you ain't got because the house they got, yeah, they, they didn't get the keys. They get, they, the, the underwriting conditions won't all side off. They didn't give what is key. Clear to close, meaning we have everything we need to lend on this loan from mm -hmm. you. Then they find out before closing, oh, you done opened up these 
credit cards. Well, let me see what this debt look like. Oh, we can't we can't lend to you now. Yeah. Now you got furniture and no damn mm-hmm. house to put it in. Yeah. <laughs> like people, like all my clients, are like, oh, you want to get a house? We going on a financial diet today. I mean, you need. Don't, don't open. If if you even thinking about something, call me first. Right. Just so I can tell you no. But, bro, <laughs> like, I needed that red leather no, sofa man, set, man. Like, I mean, like in the Temptation. The den was going to be tight. And it's, and it's sad because, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't understand. Like, are you anxious or what? Mm-hmm. But be patient. Sit I mean, still. Yeah, okay. just Sit still. Like, you're going to get, like, like delayed gratification. You're going to get it. Just chill out for wait. a minute. You got to wait. Just wait. You so, know? in terms of timing and processing, what would you say – if someone is listening to this when we air it and they're like, you know what, tomorrow I want to start the home buying process. What what's the typical time frame? So it varies it, for different people. Yep. So the first thing you would need to do is get pre approved. Most people call realtor first and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You call you call me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what I'm gonna ask, are you have you been pre approved? If not, I got specific loan officers that I work with. I don't work with everybody because everybody don't know how to treat folks. That's fair. And, and I have a standard for how I want my clients to be treated, right? We're going to um, try to get you pre-approved. The pre-approved going to tell me one thing. We can get you pre-approved right now. You, your credit and income is enough to get you pre-approved for a home or you need some work on your credit. I always say at least start a year out just in case mm-hmm. you have to <clears throat> do some work on your credit on average, I've been seeing between six to nine months to get the credit repaired to the point that you can um, have a conversation. You, you can gotcha. you you can be pre-approved with a loan amount mm-hmm. for a home. Some people might come already, and they still not ready. But give yourself at least a year, okay. even if you are ready, because um, like from a credit standpoint. But there are also other aspects, like depending on the loan program you get approved for, you may have a um, a down payment. Mm-hmm. So. You know, if it's FHA, it might be three, three and a half percent. If it's conventional like Fannie Freddie, you might have to put down five percent. Do your bank bank account show that? If not, then at least you know what you need to set up for, uh, save up for, and then based on the loan amount, we also I can you know esti- we estimate what closing costs would look like. Nine times out of ten, when you go purchase a home, we'll negotiate some type of closing costs, but it ain't gonna be one hundred percent all the time. And when you when you say closing costs, bub, um. What do what does closing entail so, for people that don't know? So the closing, um, well, I said so. Closing costs is going to entail lender fees, um, title company fees, taxes and insurance, any like prorated um, taxes that need to be paid. Uh, if you got, if uh, you're being char- if you're paying for like a home warranty at closing, mm-hmm. that'll be you know part of your closing costs. Um, any points that you may have had to pay um, to buy down the rate, if you decided to buy down the rate a little bit, then those points would be part of the lender fees and, and stuff like that. So it, it varies, but that's what make up the closing costs. And then typically when you put um, a contract on the home and you're working with an agent, you know, that would be part of your discussion. We're going to ask for some closing costs and we're basically going to ask about for X, Y, and Z. Typically, it might be three or three or three and a half percent of what the purchase price is. So there has to be a couple of, you know, there has to be a couple of pots of money that you're going to you need to consider 
if you can pay out of pocket. So one, you kind of talked about it earlier when you go through this approval process to be able to know what the amount, the monthly mortgage payment that you can afford. Mm -hmm. That's one, that's one price point. Um, then you also have to figure out the down payment mm -hmm. as far as the amount of savings that you need to have to be able to pay for the down payment. And within that down payment, there could be additional closing costs that you also need to consider. So this shit ain't oh, like there, there will be. It's <laughs> yeah, no could be yeah, additional. Yeah. There so this, will be. This ain't like well, yo, you know, I got I, I can pay five hundred a month for my my mortgage, and then I'm gonna bring I'm gonna come in and bring in two hundred fifty dollars for closing. And, and so <laughs> the, the, this is why I I encourage people who are trying to look for a house to start the process early, even if it's getting pre-approved and stuff, just so that you know how close or how far you are from what you you know, the goal you're trying to um, obtain. You know, you get someone and they got to move out their apartment in four months and it's like, well, you don't even have the down payment. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then it's like, well, there are grants out there, but okay. So, <laughs> so no, they, they are, yeah. there are grants out there. Correct. Mm -hmm. So grants are, some grants are income restricted. Mm -hmm. Some grants may come with a set amount of time you have to live in the house too, before mm -hmm. you might have to pay it back. And then also, with some of them, you have to go through a class, and then mm -hmm. a couple advisory sessions where they take your credit report mm -hmm. and all of your expenses to ensure that you can afford the house from their standpoint. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then when they give you the grant, they may say, "Hey, you have to purchase the home within the next sixty days." So you you it's like a lot of moving parts, but you gotta give yourself enough time and be prepared and to fully understand this process. And it's scary because for a lot of people, and rightfully so, because they don't understand none of this. Mm -hmm. This is not the their profession. So they're relying on somebody to be upfront, truthful, honest, and somebody that that, that they can trust with the um, process because it is scary and there's money tons of money and we just talked about closing costs and stuff but we didn't take think of, talk about like oh when you put a contract down you still got to pay for your appraisal out of pocket you still got to yeah. pay for a home inspection out of pocket mm -hmm. that's like a thousand dollars right there mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like so there's there's you know it's you got to give yourself some time to get prepared and you have to take some time to understand what you're going to need so if it's a goal right then you know go ahead get your credit report uh, pull so that you know what's going on with your credit. Then also start, put yourself on a budget. Start looking at how you're spending. What are your spending habits? You know, so that you can put yourself, you you know where you need to adjust. Mm -hmm. Because not only doing that for now, but once you move into that home. Because for some people, it's going to be a shock. When they get uh, that first electricity bill. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's going to be, uh, um, uh, so they look at, how do they refer to it? payment shop meaning if you're going from mm -hmm. now if you're going from a apartment where you were and, and this is one of the concerns a lender had for me right so i was going from an apartment paying a thousand dollars a month to taking on like a twenty five hundred dollar mortgage mm. and the lender looked at me and was like we're, we're kind of concerned about this payment shop mm -hmm. And then when they looked at the credit and looked at the income again, it was like, well, basically you've been living below your means. Mm. I knew what I could afford, mm -hmm. but when I was in the apartment, I was living, I didn't need, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to break the bank. Hey, 
I just need somewhere to be safe. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay, I need this the door to lock. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I don't. I, you're not about to charge me some home prices for my damn apartment. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so, but taking on that $2,500 mortgage payment, still needed to make some adjustment to my spending habits. You know, because from what they see, they couldn't see how many times I was going to the club, uh, club and, you know, getting a section or something or, or going out to happy hour yeah. buying a whole group and one night, Friday night having a $200 bill and Saturday night having a $300 bill. They don't see all that. Yeah. Right. right. That's where Bub had to understand, like, hey, on paper they say you can afford this, but what are you going to cut out? Yeah. What, what, what are you going to what – what are you going – to cut back on, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because you got to still have that talk with yourself, right? Because they don't know everything, and they're you know how they're the the mortgage uh you know guidelines and stuff is set up. They thinking that they're protecting you as well, but you know you still want to go on your girls or guys trip, you yeah. know? You still like expensive clothes, right? Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta look at all of that. You got to figure it out. Yeah, and then I went from a 1,200-square-foot apartment to a 4,000-square-foot house. Them damn electric bills and stuff oh, yeah. don't look the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, hit <laughs> it hit different. It hit different. Turn that damn light off. Yeah, yeah. Shit, yeah. look. <laughs> it, they, they, don't look, they don't look the same, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Shit, no. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. No. You get a light bill, like, damn, is, it, is my mortgage due already? Oh, <laughs> like, the light bill got my mortgage bill. Hold on. Let me I was, call them. I was, I I was only taking a shower in the apartment. I got irrigation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got a spring. Man, you know, you go for light. Damn, damn spring, summer, running that damn. Yo, you irrigation like, you like you know? Granddad and Woodcrest, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, you like Granddad, you and Woodcrest. <laughs> Yo, but 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 it's the truth. Like you you go out here and then so from like March, April to like September, your water bill a few hundred damn dollars <laughs> because you got irrigation. Yeah, and you and you living in a neighborhood that you got to keep your yard yeah. up. So <laughs> so does that mean you know? So I mean, because these are things that people really don't think about, bro. Like it's irrigation and keeping your yard up and homeowner association fees like the expenses of owning a home so homeowner association fees will be taken into consideration because yeah. they, they the lender is going to ask yeah and if the if the home is in a homeowners association because they know if you don't pay your homeowner fee they could put a, a lien on your property <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying yeah you don't want to get foreclosed on for not paying homeowners association fees. Yeah. But the other stuff, these are all the things you have to, like, again, basically consider when you're going out to buy a home, what can I afford? What can I do? What? How far am I trying to stretch myself? I say don't stretch, don't go house poor trying to please people. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, you know, you come on, man. You know, people people don't want to fix a fix a upper. Now we up in the big league. Yeah, people want to, if I'm going to pay back. for it, man, I want to, I want to go. Brand new, never been so, stepped on. So I'm glad you said that. So <laughs> <laughs> like a roach walking on yeah, new cotton, boy. Yeah, <laughs> so is there a difference in buying, um, you know, one that's already built and then building to own? Is there like, is there a difference in terms of the lending process? Um, There's probably so, a few more extra steps with building from the ground up. So building from the ground up, it, it depends. Like if you're doing a 
custom builder when you went out and found your found your own land and then you found the builder who's going to build on that land you have to that loan process is different because you'll have like a construction to perm loan so uh-huh. you got a construction uh, a loan for the construction process okay and then that's turned into a traditional loan at the end of the construction, uh, at the end of the construction. A lot of people like building, like I built my home, like with Ryan Homes. You don't have to do all that. They big enough company and stuff. You just put a down payment now. They build up the house and then you just close. You would like you was buying a um, already built, already built. So uh, you do want to take the things into consideration too, because there are some people who build a brand new home and have no, you know, like couple years they still see no equity you know a a lot of times it's like where you building and all that type of stuff you need to take in consideration existing homes you know you still do your research on the area you know what's going on in the area uh in terms of like what school districts are um how the home has looked um value wise over the last like five years and stuff like that has the value what has the the value been trending, how's that been trending, and stuff like that. Because if you can, you it, it's great to purchase a home and go in with some equity. Like the home I sold January 2019, my clients walked in the home with like $50,000 in equity. Nice. Wow. Already existed home, mm-hmm. great. And then the area that they're in is still being developed. New homes. Uh, I sold another client this past summer, the same neighborhood in a new section, and they built a nice like six hundred thousand home or whatever so you know um and they still have equity in in theirs because of where it's located and you know the people that's just moving out there they they in a different league i'm not even in that league Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you you know um there are still some people too like i mean there are houses that are being flipped and and stuff like that where people Mm -hmm. have been able to still walk in with some equity, you know, being able to go in and, and sometimes it's all down to like the realtor you have and stuff too, who know how to negotiate contracts and stuff like that and may be able to get you to go in the house with mm. $10,000, $20,000 worth of equity. You, you you know what I'm saying? Like, um, So your realtor does really play a part in helping you through that decision-making process. Yeah, like uh, new home versus already constructed. A good realtor is going to do a lot of research. Okay. You know, it will... You know, research the area, you know, know what's going on, be able to tell you, you know, uh, like I can look up information on when the house was last brought, what they brought it for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I think there's some equity there and if there also I'm researching to see what houses have sold around there to make sure that what they're listing the house for is actually something comparable to what that's they, around it. The, the houses that sold for it. So gotcha. I look at, I'll look at the active listings, what's sold and what's pending. And I'm looking at the values of those houses and like what they're selling, what they're listed for and what they've sold for. And I'm gonna compare that to, to the house that's on the market. If my client really like it, I'm diving into that just to make sure that when we make an offer, we make it something fair to what's in the area. Um, and because some people, a list the house, the agent a listed, and sometimes it's not really the agent; it's that client who has this 
emotional attachment and 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 or uh, this uh, personal value that they added into the price. Yes, yeah, it's three fifty instead of two fifty that is worth. And, 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 <laughs> in my eyes, in my eyes, this house is well worth more than that. <laughs> And then sixty days later, why haven't my house sold? Because you got three bedrooms and one and a half yeah. baths. So and every house around it went yeah. for one twenty. Yeah, the, everyone went for one twenty. And house is larger than you. Yeah, yeah. one twenty. What updates? You still got these eighty-seven windows in here, <laughs> but you want, but you want more than what they got, and they replaced their windows. Right. So it's funny you talk about like the the eighty-seven windows, right? And and you know indoor outdoor carpet and stuff like that. So. You know, if, if if someone is looking to get into the market and maybe they they're looking at already existing homes, mm-hmm. maybe in older neighborhoods, like the neighborhood that you and I grew up in, pretty old neighborhood, yeah, right? Yeah. But also there might be some affordability within the neighborhood mm-hmm. for first time home buyers. Oh yeah. Like if if you take a client to a house because it kind of meets their budget, mm-hmm. but you walk in, right, and maybe it's like shag carpet on the floor, you know, the the uh, plywood paneling, wood paneling on the wall, and things and appliances, are, and they mm. are dated. Like, how do you um, advise someone to say, hey, this house is worth putting additional investment to bring it up to date versus saying, you know what, it's too much money to be spent to get it to how you want it. Let's look mm. at newer developments. Well, so a lot of times when I walk into a home first, I – I observe my client just as much as I observe the home because my client body language and everything is going to tell me how they feel about the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely, I won't have to point out the shag carpet cause they're going to see it themselves yeah. and going to be like, you know, but it's like a burnt um, orange color yeah, because, <laughs> because you, what you have to realize too. And, and like, if that's a first time home buyer, they ain't gonna necessarily have the money to fix up the crib. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not 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 like that because we're already doing all we can to make sure they got enough money for closing, whatever, whatever. So my most of the times I'm trying to get them to I, I will um first of all, I'm gonna show them any house that they wanna see. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I will also make sure within there there are homes that look more moving and ready to where they don't have to do much. Got it. You know, the most they might have to do is paint, but not taking down paneling, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And if the carpets aren't bad, I might try to negotiate in the contract if the carpets can be cleaned prior to moving in Got or it. something like that. But you know, um for a first time home buyer, if, if something looks like it needs work and I know they don't have the money, it'll be a conversation, you know, because typically the client going to already point that out. This needs to be done. This needs to be done. This <laughs> needs to be done. And I'm going to say, yeah, and that's going to give you, I can get a contract over here, give you a rough, rough estimate. If you like the house, I can get a contract over here, give you a rough, rough estimate on how much this is going to cost to fix. And then when they find that out, they're like, I don't got no money to do that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a stripper pole in the living room. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like it though. That's the support beam. <laughs> So question, let's say, let's say, <laughs> support. let's say uh, someone gets approved for 250 mm-hmm. um, and they find a house that they really love for like 190 mm-hmm. right? What happens with the rest of the 250 they got approved for? Nothing. They just spent 190 They out just spent 190 Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so do they get the rest of that 250 Mm-mm. No. Nah, so basically what they just did for themselves is that they found something below 
what they were, you know. So they're living below so their they're, means. Or within uh, their means. Yeah, they yeah. know what they wanted. Right. They, they found something that suits their needs. Got it. You know, so it might, in most cases, that could have been a smart buy for them in terms of what they need or whatever. And that person could say, well, if I was approved for this at 250 and that would have been seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred dollars, but I get this one ninety and I'm only spending a thousand, I could really take that extra money and pay it on my mortgage to pay this house off faster. Correct. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Cool. And then that way I done built up some equity in here quicker because you know if I'm taking this and paying off, I probably can knock off seven years on on my mortgage. Does it happen much? Money. Is that realistic? What? Like you know, someone has a this idea of the dream home and they can get it for fifty thousand less than maybe what they were approved for and as a result of that process, they then can kind of get ahead of the game, living below their means, paying extra on the mortgage. Like, is that something that's normal, or is that like a one to ten? Hell no, it ain't normal. It ain't normal. <laughs> people, people, go, people go spend that damn money. You gave me, you gave me two forty. You gave me, look two thirty nine ninety. I'm gonna tell you how it got to work too. You go up to two fifty. You know they might try to go see a house for two sixty. Yeah. Like, if we can negotiate ten thousand off the price, I'm at two fifty. Got it. Now I mean you'll get some people. They might be approved for two fifty and find a home for like two twenty mm-hmm. okay. or something like that. You know, so they payment drop a little bit or whatever, but it meets their needs. I haven't seen someone for two fifty to go to. Off. And the only reason because the houses at one ninety don't look like the houses near two fifty. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You, you know what I'm saying? Unless you go but, to a different city. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. but for the most part, man, that just all goes back to like, you know, self awareness. Like, I you know I applaud the ones who are out there making the extra mortgage payment, getting this all because they understand what they could possibly do, getting the house paid off quicker, and then they can you you what I'm trying to say, leverage the equity in mm. the home to go buy another property and stuff like that. So I applaud those. But a lot of times the mentality is I, I'm trying to get the keys and is a little more to it than that. When you talk about, you know, walking into the right property, finding something that could possibly have equity in it and then having a, this property that you're going to pass down for the generation. And also, you know, or if you can, like I say, paying that mortgage down faster so that, you can build upon this this particular property, you know what I'm saying? And using this as the building block to something bigger and, and, and greater. But, you know, um, it all comes down to, at the end of the day, that, that discipline, man. And so, you know, I always make the, the, the joke is like, we'll get out here and go buy these fancy cars because that's what people can see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if people could drive their homes around, they wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they if somebody, if you, you know, if they could drive their home around, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so we put in a lot of value into the wrong stuff. Wrong stuff. Or you I'm buying I'm a Tesla, but I, I'm, I'm in an apartment building and I can't afford, or I, there's no place for me to charge my Tesla so I can drive it to the store no. yeah. or park it at the mall and then catch an Uber back home. Stop. And, and this, this isn't a knock on people who, have a nice car, live in an apartment. There, I know people who can afford a house. Mm-hmm. They, they just don't want it. They right. like the conveniences and of yeah, living yeah. in an apartment. Yeah, yeah. someone and, and, something breaking, somebody come fix it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also taking that money and investing. They 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 invest in other things mm-hmm. or whatever like that. You know that setting themselves up for retirement. But then there are a lot of people who don't have you know, a desire. Haven't, 
having to go and spend that goddamn $13,000 for that 2007 BMW with 200,000 miles on mm-hmm. it is is what's good right now this is going to die on 2001 yeah. but no but, so that, but we know it's that mentality is yeah. though so let me ask you this um say i buy a house it's 2020 and let's say 2022 i'm ready to move mm-hmm. right what does that process look like in so, terms of selling the house that i have it already paid off Mm-hmm. And getting another. So the process, <laughs> what type of equity you gonna have? You have in the house is gonna kind of play a part in how you sell it too, okay. right? Because if you have a higher a realtor, like realtors make make our money from the sale of the, the person selling the house because uh-huh. the money is coming out of their equity. Got it. So if there's not enough equity in there to cover the realtor fees and stuff like that, then basically you probably have to pay them out of pocket or for sale by owner, you know, people do for sale by owners because they don't want to pay realtor fee. Totally understandable, mm. but that marketing don't exist neither. Which basically means I put a for sale sign in my yard, mm-hmm. and if you drive around, you see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you might put you'll put the for sale sign in your yard. You mm. might post it to your Facebook page. You it. might post it on Craigslist. But when you do it with a realtor, More that's exposure. when your house is going to get posted on their Facebook page, their friends' Facebook mm-hmm. page. It's going to get posted on Zillow, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Redfin. Like, you know, it's going to be pop up, pop up everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. So that's essentially what you're paying for as well. Got it. Also, that service of that realtor coming in and telling you, you need to do X, Y, and Z to the house to get it sold. I understand this market. And this is going to, you know, sell. You'd be surprised you get people for sale by owners and then they want to show the house. And you go in there and the house, you know, smell like Ren and Stimpy in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, like they're not, they not doing what it takes to get the house prepared. You to you, you know what I'm saying? Got it. And so, like, if you know, hopefully you got enough equity to where you can have a realtor and stuff, uh, you know, be able to market it. But it may not exist depending on where you brought it, when you brought it, where you brought it at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I say, I felt like I made a good buy with mine. Um, because right now, well, hell, my tax assessment went up like five, almost five and a half percent when they assessed it. So it it went up. The difference between 2018 and 2020 is like $30,000. So I know my value, I'm probably in a four-year time frame, have about $80,000 worth of equity in the house. But where I built that, in you know the Chesterfield County area is one of the uh, is growing. High school is one of the better high schools in the area. It's the best high school in the area, essentially. And um, there's a lot of people moving out there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, great amenities in the neighborhood and all that type of stuff. So it isn't. It wouldn't be a hard sale. Got you it. know, and but the fact that I built there and understand the things that were coming to the neighborhood, like we're gonna put an elementary school in the neighborhood stuff like that and people love that type of stuff you know what I'm saying Pe- families yeah. people with families they love that type of stuff to have communities built uh, uh, be in communities like that especially when you have little ones and stuff so, okay. you know like being able to understand a lot of those nuances when you're going out to look you know because sometimes you, you I mean you want to think well what is this going to look like if I want to resell is this an area where a lot of people want to come to to look to buy you know things 
things of that nature. And it ain't got to be a fancy neighborhood because there's a ton of people. Um, the higher you go up in home value, the smaller the pot, the, the pool of people get. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so when you're talking about homes under like $250,000, there's a wider range of people, you know, because there's a lot of single people that can afford homes in there. Mm-hmm. When you get up in the homes 400000 or higher, typically it's going to be a, take a couple to buy a home like Cause that. Because you mm-hmm. need dual income. Yeah. Got it. You know, but under like well, the two fifty, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but under like that, right right now, yeah. under that like that two fifty thing, it, um, there's a ton of people who can buy a home. Okay, you know those houses don't not gonna stay on the market long, long. if they're in great sh- in good shape and all that. But the other ones tend to stay on longer because you know they have you have to have people at certain incomes buy and they they're there. It just you know might take three, four months as opposed to two weeks. Mm. Man. Mm. Well, this has been extremely informative. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I, you know, uh, you know, Bub the Realtor, Bible Bub. Bub, what is the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you um, if they have questions and they're in the market? You Right now, you're, mm. in, the, you're in the Central Virginia area, um, Greater Rich, Richmond, Virginia area. Um, is your expertise only designed for Central Virginia, or can you provide uh, access and opportunity in other parts of so the state? So right now I'm licensed in Virginia and Maryland, so mm-hmm. I can sell in both states. Yeah. Um, I primarily, most of my work has come from the Central Virginia area, mm-hmm. but you know I've picked up some clients in the Hampton Roads area, which is where we're from, so yeah. you know, still familiar with that area and everything, and I'm working on client in the um in maryland and specifically baltimore area so um those are the two main states that i can you know do business in okay um the best way to reach me honestly is like just go to my my social media page bub mosley b-u-b-b mosley m-o-s-e-l-e-y um if you need to email me you can email me at derrick d-e-r-r-i-c-k dot mosley m-o-s-e-l-e-y at ymail.com and you know uh i'm in the process of doing some uh some some personal branding so branding of myself and everything so uh i'm gonna have more like social media like getting the ig and mm. you know also uh redoing the, the facebook page with the new uh business page with the new branding so all that's going to be coming too but uh hey buy with bub man yeah. buy with bub regardless no no doubt no yeah. doubt man i um and you know anybody can reach out to me just to ask questions. I, I'm not one of those realtors or, or nothing that that you know. If I don't think you're gonna do business with me, then I'm not gonna. Nah, you know. I mean, for my people, you know, I'm just trying to share information, help you get reach your goal. They say, you know, whether you're gonna purchase a home with me or not, you know, I understand that a lot of us aren't prepared, and somebody gotta help help folks get prepared. That so why why not be me? So if you need to reach out to me, just hit me up. Um, you know, to, just to get some basic understanding of how processes work, both from a mortgage standpoint and from um, working with a realtor. And I'd be more than glad to, you know, give you feedback, give you information that you need. Yeah, and, wor- and worst case, if you have questions, you know, hit us up. Hit the brothers up at, at GRGRLJKEV, um, IG, uh, Facebook, uh, GRGRLJKEV at gmail.com as well, and we can get you in contact with Bub. The realtor. 
man, um, when he was talking about, you know, generational wealth, mm-hmm. one of my favorite, and I, you know, I'm not going to get preachy on it. Go for on, it. On, Go on ahead. It's Sunday. You know, but I'm, 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 I'm an intermediate babe in Christ uh-huh. now. You know, yeah. I'm just not, I'm not a fresh babe. Yeah, you, you. I ain't wet behind the ears anymore. You got your light. You got your Nikes laced up. Got my, <laughs> I got my Nikes laced up. But uh, one of my favorite uh, scriptures in the Good Word, man, is Proverbs thirteen twenty two. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So either way, you have to be prepared for what is to come. Yeah. In the future, yep. sure. and as black men, that's our responsibility to, uh, you know, uplift our communities and take care of our people by way of in, investing and, and sacrificing in a lot of cases mm-hmm. for the generations and generations to come, man. So, right. but the realtor, man, we appreciate you coming on the GRG podcast with RJ and Kev. Any parting words, brother Jay? Um, get your credit together. Oh, that's yes, yeah, yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Get your credit together. I remember, um old 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 friend of my grandfather's i heard him once say somebody asked him for money he said yo my money's funny i'm broke as a joke and my credit won't get it and i was like Gosh. <laughs> 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 and, and i and i hear him say that oftentimes yeah. when people ask me money that's like the first thing i, I want to say mm-hmm. but then when i started thinking about it like how can we how can we how can we flip that right Absolutely. because a lot of us um, we didn't we didn't come into a wealthy family. True. But if we can shift it and make a wealthy family come from us, that's two different things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so be the change. Uh, yeah, be the change. yeah. Discipline yourself. Stop going to lunch every day. Um, stop eating out. Stop buying shots for everybody at the bar because you cause you got tipped. And um, get your. <laughs> Get, we, your, get your cash at, a, at your bank ATM, not the one at Stadium. Yeah, the Stadium, Stadium or the, or the MGM National Harbor Casino. Even though they do have good wins. Yeah. They do have good wins. But them surcharges are the maximum. Yeah, answer. man, got to be careful. Got to be careful. Yes, indeed. Well, on that note, man, it's been another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with Mario, Jay, and Kev. Shout out to my brother, Bub the Relative, Bible Bub for sure. And um, until 